Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, podcasting is going through an incredible growth spurt, and my guest today knows this firsthand. I'm telling you, he's got the experience. Tony DeRusso not only hosts celebrities and top entrepreneurs on his show, The Tony DeRusso Show, he also helps podcasters grow their audience. He is also a best-selling author, and he's begun writing fiction. And I asked him about that in the interview. I mean, can you imagine that? He goes from nonfiction to fiction. You don't do that very often. Tony, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Jeffrey, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a great show. I'm honored to be on here and honored to speak to your audience and give them some information that will help them in their business and their life. So thank you very much. Absolutely, brother. And I've always, I've been on your show a few times. I'm so glad that you finally found time to come and be on my show. This is awesome. Hey, before we start talking about your podcasting success, which, as you know, is a big, big plus these days to be able to have that and to do that. And not everybody else has taken advantage of it. But we, we've figured this out early, all right? But I want to talk about your work ethic a little bit. You started working young. What was your very first job? Well... That's a great question. You know, I, I am Italian, by the way. I was born in Sicily, Italy. And when I was three, I moved to Chicago, where I took a two-year a two vacation. I just want to make it for the record. Then at the age of five, <laughs> I started a paper route job. Now, this is not just a normal paper route job. If anybody knows Chicago, knows the cold weather, this is a paper route job along Lake Shore Drive along the lake and and getting up at five o'clock in the morning. That wind goes right through you, Jeffrey. And I yeah. was up to three pairs of socks, three pairs of pants, a T-shirt, a shirt, a sweatshirt, a jacket, a head, a head, uh, wool head covering, two pairs of gloves. And that Lake Michigan wind just goes right through you. But I did this paper out job for 10 for 10 years, we were a single income family. My dad made like at the time, maybe 50 bucks, 75 bucks a week. There's six boys and we had to chip in. This is how I was brought in the world. This was, this is how I started. So every week I would get paid for delivering the papers and it was just a couple bucks. And it just always went to the parents. And that was just, that was, that was my introduction here. My, you yeah. Said, my, you, and you said, you, you said single household single single parent right you said it was your dad my, dad, my, my mom managed the kids in the house and my dad was the only one that worked ah, i get it so yeah he was the sole bread breadwinner so who who do you take after the most your mom or your dad i don't know i think i've got more of my mom in me my my wife says i look more like my mom yeah how about the attitude though the work and the stuff what'd your dad do my dad was a sheet metal worker. He worked in a sheet metal yeah. stamping steel, making, yeah. you know, hood ornaments and and things for bicycles and whatever was the order. And he's one of those you hear about it, but he retired after 25 years for there and he got a gold watch. I mean, it actually really happened back then. <laughs> my my <laughs> grandfather was a sheet metal worker and I, I still have some of his tools. I actually even upstairs have one of his cabinets, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to have. 
Now, I didn't know this about my dad until years later, but but back then he took a bus to work and you get a transfer, which costs five bucks. You take a bus one way and then you you pay five, excuse me, five cents. You pay five cents for that day and you get a transfer on the bus. Well, to save that five cents, he would walk the last two plus miles to work. And he would just do that every and anything he could do to save money to support the family. And this is kind of like the mindset that I've been ingrained with. I know the value of a dollar and I kind of don't throw dollars away. Yeah, but I mean, that that shapes you, right? I mean, that that helps you to where you're at today. I bet, you know, as you said, you're still the same way that you kind of think back, well, what would my mom do? What would my dad do? And that's kind of a unique thing. I can't imagine six six boys. I can't either. <laughs> Which and, I don't what want you, to. and where were you in the age? Where were you at? Were you the youngest, the oldest, the middle, or where? I was the fourth down in the food chain. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It was that's brutal. Funny. It was brutal because every brother thinks they're in charge of you all the way yeah. down. So I had yeah. I had five bosses with my dad. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, you had a successful for career before becoming a full-time podcaster now, and of course, uh, author, but I understand there was one thing you did for a long time that blocked your success. What was it? Well, when I was 19 years old, I went into corporate America, Jeffrey, and I was in corporate, I think 30, 31 years, something like that. And throughout the course, I learned how to promote, I learned marketing, and I learned really deep down how to get people's attention. And I worked in different companies and I always made a lot of money for my employers compared to what I made. And I was always kind of pegged on income in a way, though, you know, in my later years, I was making six figures and that that's all fine and dandy, but I was making so much money for everyone. And I couldn't get past this, this limit until I had to break away one after about 30 odd years in this business, I broke away and became an entrepreneur. And as you all know, you go from 40 hours a week with a stable income to 80 to 100 hours a week. And who knows what your income is next week? Right. But it was so much fun. Yeah, never. You know, when you become an entrepreneur, at least in the beginning, never have you worked so hard to make so little. That's it. That's a good way. It's a lot like COVID right now, too, for a lot of different people. I mean, we're all working a lot more uh, for a lot less, for at least most of us, at least the entrepreneurs. We've all had to do things a little bit differently and made it. What did you do in the corporate world? I mean, you said you had corporate jobs. What were they and, and, and what company? One of the first things I did, which I know is kind of weird, maybe it's my Italian. When I was 19, I went in the corporate world and I got a job as a proofreader and a typist. And Jeffrey, I didn't know how to type and I had never touched the typewriter in my world. But wait, there was no scam. There was no trick. I went to the library and I self-taught myself how to type. And I became so good and so fast that people would come to the to the station and just stand there and watch me type because I was able to do 120 words a minute. It was just, you know, it was uh, the back that. then manual typewriter or was it one of those IBM Selectrics? But do you have one of those? We had we had what were called a Siemens model, I remember. Oh, yeah. and um, we did a lot of uh, telexes back then and place to place a peer to peer, I think is what you call it, communications and stuff like that. And that's what I did early on. And then I just, you know, I used the library and I was self-taught and I learned a lot of promotion and marketing. 
you know, I'm Italian. I like to talk. So I kind of gravitated towards marketing, reaching the people, reaching people, talking to people. And that was really what I did a lot for, you know, you asked, what have I done? For example, year 2000, I was VP sales of marketing for a, for a company that I helped uh, uh, start up. I raised like $3.25 million in six month period, something like that, and actually started an insurance technology company. And I gravitated and I took the marketing promotion slot and I brought in a ton of business for the company. And I just love, I just love that. And that was primarily what I did. A lot of my corporate life was promotion, marketing, and how to get people, how to engage, how do you reach people? How do you get them to reach back? You know, and I still don't know it all. I know very, very little about it, but you know, it's helped me get That's my awesome. 10 million downloads. Well, listen, folks, I want to take a quick break before that, but he mentioned something you might not have picked up. He said library, library. That's, hey, for all you young people, that's what we call Google today. Okay, that's what it is. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, tomorrow we've got a great, great executive briefing that we're going to be doing. And of course, we've got Marsha O'Connor and she's going to be talking about all things employees, how to keep those top talents. So make sure you uh, check into the chat and get the information there. And today we've got Tony DeRusso, host of Tony DeRusso's show and I'm telling you, one of the top podcasters in the country. And you got into podcasting pretty early and found success fast. How did you do that, Tony? How did you use podcasting or, you know, maybe even a little bit called radio back then? Uh, how did you use that to your advantage? How I did it, Jeffrey, was I had my own marketing promotion company, which at the time in a seven-year period had four major industry, federal regulations, changes that would just bring the company down to its knees and then restart with new changes. It happened four times in seven years. I got very tired of it. And I, and I, I looked for something I could control. Yeah. And to everyone out there in the audience that hears this, if you want something you can control, check this out. You can control a podcast. You can talk, you can you can control the name, you can control the length, you can control the distribution, everything. And so I left my own business because I was so tired of these industry changes just knocking my income sideways all the time. And I got into podcasting because I thought, you know, hey, I'm Italian, I can talk. And I love promotion and marketing. And I got this idea of bringing high-profile, well-known elite entrepreneurs such as yourself, Jeffrey, and bring that to the world because everyone, dear everyone in the audience, you cannot possibly listen to every webinar, read every book, listen to everybody's podcast, everybody's lecture. You, it's just impossible to get everything from everybody. So what I try to do is I select key people, key, key individuals that can help motivate someone and inspire yeah. someone and give you advice and so forth that will, you know, maybe it's just this one little thing that you hear. Maybe you hear it in this show that just like, oh, this is so cool. And you just run with it and it changes your life. And that's what I look forward to do. So I decided to do that because at the time, I wasn't an author. I hadn't written any books. Who am I? So I thought, well, let's connect and facilitate and bring the elite entrepreneur, so to speak, 
to the audience in the world, and it became a big hit. Uh, that's awesome. You know, there's an estimated 850,000 podcasts out there. Now, by the way, people think, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Well, if you think about it, this podcast industry, if you look at it as a lifespan of an adult, compare it to that, we're only like a young teenager right now. So you're going to keep that in mind. So with 850,000 podcasts out there, how do you cut through the noise? And what mistakes do you think podcasters make when they try to stand out from the rest? You, know, you got to cut, you got to cut through it. So people, you know, come to your show, right? They know you find you. And then, but what mistakes do they make, you know, when they, you know, when they try to cut themselves out and be a little different? Jeffrey, you did hit the nail on the head, by the way, per blue, per blueberry, 75% of podcasters last year are not around anymore. In fact, dear ladies and gentlemen, there's a word in the dictionary called pod fade. It's a word now. Uh, The average podcaster does seven, eight, nine, 10 podcasts and he's done. Well, I've learned how to use social media. All of my promotion is social media. All of my engagement is social media, but there's a way to do it. And I've learned how to promote and engage and bring people to find out about my show. For example, let's just try something totally different. Food. There's there's some food establishments out there which are world famous and arguably not the best food. But why are they so big out there? And then there's places, establishments that have really great food and nobody's heard about them. And the whole difference is marketing and promotion. You can have a great book out there in the audience and nobody knows about it. And you sold a couple hundred copies, a thousand, and that's it. Well, it's all about marketing and promotion. And I've done it to the point where I've created a social media marketing type setup where I'll market and bring podcasts Uh, audience to podcasters. Some of my clients have gotten in the millions of downloads, by the way, there's, it's a matter of, you know, not like, um, not like a billboard, a billboard. And I don't mean to offend anyone. It depends if it's your, you know, if it's about water and I like water or about a watch and I'm interested, I, I can engage if I'm the right market. So it's about finding the right market to engage for what you have. I promote and I advertise to entrepreneurs and, you know, people with day jobs, perhaps that want to hack their, what they're doing, small business owners, and I get their ear and they have come to rely on my show because of the advice and wisdom. And I really don't sell anything on my show. I mean, there are commercials, I have sponsors, but I don't push anything. I, you know, there's, there's no, it doesn't cost anything. And I think some of those items that I've just mentioned have really helped bring the show up to the status that it has now, Jeffrey. Yeah. So why do you think, why do you think there is this podcast fade? I mean, luckily I've, I've gone for hundreds and hundreds of episodes, you, you as well. So we're up in that, you know, we're well past that, but for a lot of these guys, they, they really have a tough time with it. What, what is it because they underestimate how much work it is? They underestimate the work and it's all this work, Jeffrey, it's all this work, whether you do a live or even if you record, which is even more work, but the, the benefit, the result is so small at first. It's like, what am I doing here? And yeah, they, just, yeah. they, just, they just, if they can't monetize it and I teach that, you know, I teach that to selective clients, how to actually earn revenue from your podcast. Cause it's work. And if you know well, how to do it, you know, that that's a big thing. And, you know, a lot of folks think that you're going to get famous from podcasts. And let me t- tell you what, you know, the biggest thing you can do with your podcast is actually get people on your show that you want to do business with. 
That's the first. That's what I tell every business podcast. I mean, if you think you're going to become famous at podcasting, eh, you know, that's not going to be the the norm. You're not going to have a show like Tony's. You're not going to have a show like mine for the most part. Now, you can get lucky out there. You work hard. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but there's a lot of that goes into making that. Luck is some of that. Being there first, being good is the most important one. You know, having great guests is another one. Then getting the best out of those guests. But there's lots of different ways you can use to, to monetize that podcast. So what are some of those ways? I mean, getting people on your show that you want to do business with, and then they hire you. That's one, right, Tony? I mean, they invite you to come and give a speech. They, they have you consult afterwards or, you know, go speak at their convention, whatever it might be. That's one way. What are some other ways? You mentioned ads is one. I did. And I, so I don't forget a key one is get a mentor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah. Get somebody that's been there, done that, that you like what they've done and they've done the podcast. They've grown a podcast, get that person to mentor and help you. Or watch what they do. Pay attention to what they do. I mean, it's C-suite. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just find somebody, follow them, listen, say, Oh, I like that one. Find ones you like and copy the format. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's a flattery. Don't use the same exact, don't call yourself the Tony DeRusso show. I mean, don't do that, right? You're getting yourself in trouble for that. No, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's get the mentor and, and get somebody to help you. And then what I did with the mentor, which my mentor didn't, doesn't even know that I've ever done unless he listens to this, is I was a secret, what is it? Uh, I, I, I had secret, secret mentors. Shopper? I had secret, secret mentors. Yeah. I would go to the best podcasters and I would go through their site and I would go through their show. And every time I do, Oh, I like this. Oh, I like how this is done. Oh, I like how that is done. And I morphed and changed and tweaked my show over the years to make it what it is because I looked at who who's successful and what are they doing? Yeah. Very important. Hey, speaking of who's successful, I need to be successful. Take a quick break. I'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, everybody. We're back live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Talking to Tony DeRusso, Tony DeRusso show. You know, he's got over 10 million downloads. I'm telling you, this guy is everywhere and a top podcast. We're talking about how to be successful in podcasting. But hey, listen, let's get a... Let's take a break. We, uh, there's a couple other things you could do, and I'll, I'll just cut to them. You could you can get us uh, the sponsor. The sponsor would be a title sponsor. You could do things with that. Uh, live read-ins. The advertising is big. And, of course, the spinoff business is really good. But I want to ask you about your business. We've got about five minutes left here, and I want to make sure I talk a little bit about the vision map. What is the vision map? You're famous for it. So what is it? When I started my podcast, it was like, what do I do? How do I do it? What's what? And I read a book by Jordan Adler. I recommend it to everyone called Beach Money. He's written multiple books and he has an audio version. Beach, like audience. B-E-A-C-H. 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 Beach like sit money. on the beach, make money from the on the beach kind of thing. That's right. And, he, and, and when an author has an audio book in the author's own voice, it's a must that you buy. His audio version has a little bit more info, more inflections, and you get it more. And he talked about how he was no job, no girlfriend, no house, distraught. It was like, what's he doing with life? He's, is, you know, like, I think that's around chapter two. And he goes off somewhere and he spends all day just writing his vision from the point of view of 
He's in the future and he's looking back at what he's created. It's almost like a dream, like, you know, and he wrote it and he wrote it and he put details in it and he explains it in his book. I mean, it's right there. That's one of the steps in my vision map, which is the first thing is do the vision. And then the next step I, you know, that I've learned from all my travels is the next step. Well, why? Why do you want that? What's what's the reason? What's your purpose? And I call that being. Who are you being? Why are you doing that? And then Mm. the next step is your long-term objective. Now, back then in the day, Jeffrey, companies, people may may or may not know this, but there were corporations that had 20, 30-year long strategies. I mean, it's like preposterous. Now, things change in a year or two. So you can't do these long-term goals anymore. So you could do, so I talk about do a goal, a doable goal, a year or two is great. So I call that a long-term objective as opposed to a goal because too many people have too many other definitions of goals. It's a one day, it's a three day, it's a month, it's a ball in the net. So I just call it a long-term objective. And that's H for having, that's what you've accomplished. That's I've accomplished this. And you write these steps all down, which is what I did for my podcast. And and then the next step is your master plan. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, what's your strategy? You know, this hill or this area you want to take over, how are you going to do it? And then the next step is a tactical, which is a military term. How are we going to take this hill? And you put all these things together like this inverted giant pyramid and the bottom at the point, the get the point, is your daily things to do. What are you doing today that's going to accomplish your long-term objective, follow your purpose, and help accomplish your vision? And I did all that in like just a couple of years. I created this empire just using this formula, and I wrote it all out and put it in this book, which you can get on my domain, TonyDURSO.com. And it's just, it's just, it's just all right there. Now I got to say this very, very, very clear, clearly when I first bring this up to people, it's like saying, Hey, I'm a chef and I'm going to cook a souffle and I need some eggs and some flour and some sugar and these ingredients. And people go, I know those ingredients, but wait, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good chef. You know what a windshield and a tire is, you know what an engine is, but you can't go in your garage right now or your or your yard and build a car from scratch, pour the tire, make the glass. You can't do it. It's impossible. You yeah. need that from somebody. So even though you've heard these words, it's a whole new meaning for you to apply to actually accomplish that vision for that for that business, for that career, for your lifestyle. That's awesome. Hey, so 30 seconds, you've written business books, but you recently launched a fiction trilogy. Why fiction? What's what's going on with that? I know, I know people tell me, you know, whatever, but I wrote it with an author, SKR, and it was a great story and being an author and liking the type. And I just decided I'm going to contribute to this. And we put together a fiction story, The Iman of Atlantis. The first book is Bitten, which is available 5 December in the year 2020, just a couple of weeks from, uh, just a week or so from Bitten is the first book. And it's just a great romp because I've always been an avid reader and I've written, I've written non, non, I've written fiction books, but I've never published because, you know, publishers say you can only do one or the other. But Uh, now that I have a co-author, so now that I have a co-author, I can, I can publish this fiction story, which is really great. And do we have a, do we have a second, five seconds, 10 seconds to talk about it? Yeah, go. Yeah. 
I'm in of Atlantis, the I'm in back then. This is before the story starts. So this is just this is just the the the, the base. They were a warrior race that basically took over all the nations of their land and devastated and took and killed everyone, took over whatever. And now they were starting to fight each other. And the creator came down with an ultimatum because the creator is seeing that his life that he's created, everything is going to be gone if these people continue doing what they're going to do. So he gives them an ultimatum, set down your weapons and I'll give you the gift of healing and other abilities, or you can continue to fight and you're all going to perish. And so those that did not set down their weapons perished as predicted, and the rest became this mythical, magical Iman that would help mankind in a very unique way. That's where the story starts, because once the nations find out that there's Iman around and what they can do, such as being able to turn things into gold and other things which are like really amazing superhero stuff, they they want they want to capture an Iman, and that's where the the book starts with the title called bitten all right well that sounds like a real read that sounds like an entrepreneurial story not like a fiction that sounds like a real one and a trilogy on top of that hey tony thanks so much for joining us thanks for being a part of uh, all business with jeffrey is it right here on c-suite and thanks for all you've done for me over the years having me on your show as well i appreciate it thank you so much for having me on your show jeffrey thank you so much and thank you to all the audience Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'll tell you what I learned today. This guy's enthusiastic. He's enthusiastic about everything he does. But, you know, he mentioned something called podcast fade. I want to mention that. If you're looking at doing a podcast show, you better make a commitment to do it for a year. All right. That's a big, long haul. But if you make it through about five, six months, you typically avoid that what they call the podcast fade. It's not an easy thing to do. You got to commit every single week. And it's very important that you stay well ahead of the game by having about five to 10 podcasts in your pocket done uh, as you keep doing them. Why do you want to do that? Because, hey, stuff comes up and you don't want to have to go around and all of a sudden be walking down the street. Hey, you want to do a podcast? You know, so that podcast fade is a real big thing. So you want to avoid that. And the ways to avoid it is to make sure you make a commitment ahead of time and that be part of your conditions of satisfaction. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hayes. Of course, you know, that's something you should learn with everything. You're going to do it, do it for a year. There you go. All right, that's it. Don't forget, tell your friends and I appreciate you listening right in here to C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.